Thank you for joining us today. God is true to his word. He takes care of his children. In all aspects of our lives, we must make godly decisions and trust him for the outcome. The ever-increasing deprivation in our secular society is unrelenting, yet we should not be surprised because God said these things would be. We must stand firm, always making godly decisions no matter what. Listen as Pastor Rander ministers to us with Bible, pen, and paper handy. The sixth thing we must consider in decision-making is this. When making decisions, keep in mind the end result. Hey, where will this decision take me? If I marry this person, what will my marriage look like 20 years from now? If I, if I take this job, if I, you know, if I buy this car, if I, if I make this sale, this transaction, what will that look like 20 years, five years from now, uh, one year from now? So keep in mind the end result. In other words, what is your desired outcome of a decision that you are making? The decisions you are making today will have serious ramifications tomorrow. For example, you make a decision to, to be lazy and not want to get up, you'll come to poverty. You make a decision, keep on smoking as if you got a chimney in your body, and you see all those warning signs on the cigarette labels, then you'll get cancer and emphysema, and then ask us to pray for a healing. If you're living in sexual promiscuity, you're sexually promiscuous, it leads to sexual transit, transmitted disease. You know, you bring, bring that stuff home to your wife or to your husband, and you wonder, what happened? Somebody messed around. That's what happened. Somebody sinned. You, you don't get herpes. Herpes is not airborne. Okay. Okay. <laughs> AIDS is not airborne. No, you, you might get measles might be airborne, but not, but, 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 but not gonorrhea. Somebody did something evil. Premarital sex is evil. That's right. Adultery is evil. Pornography is evil. Evil. Homemongering is evil. Being a sugar daddy is evil. Prostituting your body is evil. You say, ooh, he's cutting it straight. I, listen, it's the only way you're going to get well spiritually is to deal with the issue of yourself. Why don't y'all say amen? I'm here to preach the hell out of you so that you can live up to God's expectations for you. You have to deal with the issue of sin. You like to gamble and play lottery instead of tithing and giving your monies to the church, you're going to end up in debt and bankruptcy. If you don't study in school, you will fail the course even if you pray. Even if, oh, God, help me. Oh, God, I need you now. God says, shut up, you didn't study. I gave you a mind. You should have kept your rear end in the seat, burned at midnight all, prepared yourself. Don't pray to me now if you didn't have personal discipline. That's your problem, and I'm not bailing you out. Learn a lesson so you'll know to study the next time. Oh, God, help me preach this message. Uh, uh, if you keep eating junk food, all that stuff you eating that you know that you like to eat, some of y'all going to go get it when you leave here today. You just buffet yourself to death. And don't go on a cruise. Oh, my goodness. Go on 20 pounds lighter, come off 40 pounds heavier. 
If you keep eating junk food, it will lead to obesity, high cholesterol, heart disease, diabetes, and much more. And some of y'all already have it and still eating just like you're not already sick. And, and a lot of sickness and disease can be traced back to diet and lack of exercise. I hate exercising. Some people say, what? I'm just telling the truth about myself. You don't mind me telling the truth. I don't like it. I got out there and walked yesterday. I go up, 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 beat fast, fast, walk. And I'm trying to get out there and do something because I don't want to be a big, fat, 400-pound preacher and can't climb me fast. Listen, I want to be in shape to preach the gospel. Now, don't get me wrong. You can do all the right things and still die of a heart attack. You can, you can do all the right things and still get sick. You can do all the right things. There are people who got cancer of the lungs, never spoke a day in their life. Those are just called the calamities of life. And we're born in a world of sin. And sickness and disease is a byproduct of living in a sin-cursed world. But you don't have to add to your problems by having a lack of discipline, my friend. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. Number seven, we must make a decision not to live a life of hypocrisy. Say hypocrisy. I've been told a number of times, well, I, I, I don't go to church. I say, why? Too many hypocrites in the church. And I said, well, that's where they ought to be. I said, we'll take hypocrites. We'll take sinners, all kinds. We'll take alcoholics. We'll take prostitutes. We'll take homosexuals. We'll take homemongers. We'll take sugar daddies. We'll take, we'll, you say, what? Y'all looking at me. Don't, don't forget, you say, why would you take all them folk? Because the church is a spiritual hospital. That's right. You come in here, you know, if you think you're all right and you're self-righteous, then, then you don't need God, you see. But, but you're here because you know something's wrong with you. You're here because you know there's room for improvement in your life. You, you're here because you know you got some issues in your life you got to reckon with. Whether it's hypocrisy, alcoholism, gambling, or whatever, whosoever will let him what? Come. Come. Now, we'll let you come in all that sin, but we won't let you stay that way. We won't let you stay that way. You say, what? I mean, you go to Northeast Baptist Hospital. I've never heard anybody say, a pastor, I hope they keep me sick. No. You know, so, so we'll let you come in your condition, but we are not going to allow you to remain in that condition because there's transforming power inherent in the word of God. Why don't you say amen? So whenever, whenever people tell you, well, they're hypocrites in the church, answer them that way. Say, so it's not only hypocrites, there's a whole lot of other kind of folk there. And by the way, there's something wrong with you too. That's why you need to come. Okay. So, so let me define hypocrisy. Hypocrisy refers to acting or putting on a performance to disguise one's true self with an intent to deceive. Let me repeat that. Hypocrisy refers to acting or putting on a performance to disguise one's true self with an intent to deceive. It is to pretend to have qualities or beliefs that you do not really possess. 
I reiterate, hypocrisy refers to acting or putting on a performance to disguise one's true self with an intent to deceive. It is to pretend to have qualities or beliefs that you do not really possess. Matthew 23, 28 says, even so you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Romans 12, 9 says, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor, which means hate what is evil, cling to that which is good. First Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, 1 and 2a says, now the Spirit expressly says that in latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. When you don't know the word of God, you will be deceived. There are so many deceiving spirits out there, smooth deceivers, eloquent orators who are deceivers, outright liars. They look good, dress good, they handsome, they cute. They have a lot of charisma and personality. And you get drawn away by all of this stuff. Those are deceiving spirits. And if you don't know the word of God, you cannot discern those spirits. Uh, Giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrine. The word doctrine means what? Teaching. And teachings of demons. They have demonic teachings in the church. That's why you have to screen the churches you go to. That's why you have to know your Bible so so you know what is truth. You got to know your Bible. If you don't know what is truth, you're going to believe a lie. Uh, doctrines of demons. That's why we don't let people just put any kind of ads and handouts and flyers on cars and parking lots. We stand against that. You just can't pin something on the wall theologically. It has to have clearance through this church so that we'll know, is it in accord with our theology, our, our doctrine, our spiritual protocol, and all these things, because we, we are careful about what the saints eat here spiritually. We want healthy, well-balanced saints to the glory of God. And I'm not going to give you sermonettes, a little 10-minute sermon. It's not going to get all that sin out of you. That's right. You need some sound preaching, some preaching that cuts, convicts, and even make you a little upset at yourself. Or maybe a whole lot. But the word of God will stir you up in that regard. Look, speaking lies in hypocrisy, verse 2. So let me give you some examples of hypocrisy. Uh, You know some examples, but let me just give you some to just stimulate your thinking. Number one, examples of hypocrisy, acting holy in church while being a devil at home, at school, or in the workplace. Here you come, oh, hi, how you doing, Sister Jones, brother Brother Jackson or whoever. Now, I'm not talking about you if that's your name. So don't, don't I don't know your names. I'm slow with names. So don't, don't take that personal. But, but what I'm saying, you're holy, holy, holy. That choir was saying, you call him Jesus, 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 Jesus. I mean, oh, they were reeling and rocking on the name of Jesus. Wasn't that good? But you can't call on the name Jesus in the church and go home and cuss your husband out. Slamming doors, acting crazy, rolling your eyes, not speaking, and then come to church. How you doing? Praise the Lord, sister. I love you in Jesus' name. Stop lying. Be who you're supposed to be at home. If you're if you living the truth at church you are and, and showing your spirituality in church, it ought to be real at home. And your kids know when, you, when you're phony. That's right. They know when you're phony. And they say, but mama, I thought you, you, you tell them to tell them I'm not at home. 
And then I, they just heard the preacher say, don't lie. They said, Mama, aren't you lying? The preacher, Pastor Draper said, you know, and, and be careful how you talk. Don't drive your children away from the church by talking about the preacher, the pastor. And that's why some of these kids, they see me coming, they back up. <laughs> Those kids, listen, the best way to run your children from the church is to run down people in the church, talk about everything that didn't work, the workout, everything that didn't look, everything that looked bad, a critical spirit, and your kids are hearing that. Why would they want to come to a church that's that bad? And then they come to church all spaced out. You know, because you've run down everybody in the church instead of dealing with the issue of yourself. Amen? Uh, examples of hypocrisy, number two, living above your means financially to impress others with money you don't have, trying to press somebody that don't like you know how. That's hypocrisy. Don't try to keep up with the Joneses. Don't try to be something you're not. If you can't afford that new car, you buy something that's in your price range. That's right. Uh, or repair the transmission and drive on. Uh, smiling, thirdly, smiling in people's faces, but talking about them behind their backs. Ooh, man, she make me sick. Hey, girl! Uh, you know, that's, that's hypocrisy. That's hypocrisy. Uh, fourthly, pretending to give, look, pretending to give a good offering under the guise of giving the full tithe. You know, you lick that envelope and put that little money in there as if that's your tithe and it's just a good offering, and it's not, it's not 10% of your income to the glory of God. You're not fooling. Now, we don't, listen, at this church, we, don't, we have one offering typically. We don't beg you. We don't threaten you. We don't say you're going to get struck by lightning if you don't give. If you don't give, that's between you and God, and you're going to answer to God. You know, there are certain churches that will, that, I preface this, this will never happen under my watch. But there are churches before you join, they want to see your, your W-2 form to see what you really make so they'll know what you're really supposed to be tithing. I, that, that's sick to me. I would never do that, and I think that's really, really wrong. That's a personal thing between you and God, and, uh, and it ought to stay that way. Amen? And so if you're right with God, God will bless you. And if you're wrong with God in regards to giving, then God will chasten you according to your actions. He will do that. You don't, listen, if the Holy Spirit don't convict you to give God your best, I can preach till I'm blue in the face and you're not going to give a dime more because I cannot do the work of the Holy Spirit. That's his job. All I have to do is say what the word of God says and then leave the results to God by faith. Why don't we say amen? And then another example of hypocrisy is having the appearance of being a faithful spouse while living a life of infidelity and deception. I mean, you look like you're a good husband, good wife, good mother, good father, but you're hooked on pornography and your spouse don't even know it. Or you're going around doing things that are really sinful and your spouse has no idea. There's some smooth sinners. I mean, they've been sinning so much, they're good at it. I mean, they're smooth. They, they can make the books look good financially. They can make everything look good. And, and listen, you know, when you're a smooth sinner, you're a really messed up sinner. Having the appearance of being a faithful spouse while living a lie of fidelity and deception. 
Be true to your husband. Be true to your wife. Love them unconditionally. Don't be flirtatious. Wear your wedding band. It says you're not available. Mine is on. I keep mine on them. And when it's off, I feel funny. If I, if I forget to put it on, I feel funny. I go back and I was the other day, I forgot my wedding band. I was rushing and I got out the car and I went all the way back because you know what? People see everything. Let me come one day without my ring. And I just hold up my band and say, Jesus, oh, oh, one, two. Wait a minute, what's going on? I don't see the ring. I wear my ring because I got me a wife and next month will be 37 years of marriage. To God be the glory. I'm a one woman's man. I'm not going, I ain't going to mess with yours. And you better not mess with mine. And we'll be just fine. And all God's children said, let me keep on preaching here. Now, why, why does God hate hypocrisy? Why does God hate hypocrisy. Number one, you're not being the person that God created and saved you to be as his child. When you're a hypocrite, you're not being the person that God created you to be as a saved Christian child of God. That's why God hates hypocrisy. God can't bless hypocrisy. You can't soar to your God-given potential. And that leads me to number two, you cannot live up to your God-given potential. God has a plan for your life, a purpose for your life, and he can't get you where he wants you to be if you're trying to be something you're not, you see? Number three, because it is deceptive and you are living a lie, and God hates that. Hypocrisy is deceptive and you're living a lie. Even though deception is a lie, oftentimes it appears to be truth up front. It looks like it's true up front. However, in the process of time, the real truth will be revealed. Number four, life is too short not to be yourself in the Lord. Listen, I don't have time to be uh, another kind of preacher. I don't have time to be imitating another kind of preacher. Uh, I have to be myself in the Lord. Other preachers that come up here and preach, that are the members of this church, uh, I don't expect them all to do preach like me and to do like me and to have my personality and have all these kinds of things because we're all wired differently. We're not the same. Our personalities are different, but we ought to be preaching the same gospel, sound gospel, huh? unashamedly to the glory of Almighty God. Now, that ought to be the same, but we all have different gifts and different ways of pre- presenting what we do to God. Life is too short. Listen. Be yourself in the Lord. Your time is almost up, and you don't have time to be a pretender. Number five, you are ripe to be used by Satan, who is the master deceiver. If you live a life of hypocrisy, you are ripe to be used by the devil, who is the master deceiver. Uh, Number six, you are not exercising good stewardship with your God-given energy. You know, if, if, you, if you're trying to pretend, put on a show, play act, try to be something you're not, it takes a whole lot of energy to do all of that. Man, I'm tired. I can't, I can't do that. I got to be myself. I got to hear God. I can't hear God if I'm a hypocrite. I, I, my, my, my life needs to, you say, how do I know if I'm a hypocrite or not? 
Is your life lining up with the word of God? When the word of God says it, are you doing it? If the word is saying one thing and you're living another kind of way, you're being a hypocrite. It's as simple as that. It's not, it's not no special formula. Just be consistent. Your life needs to be consistent with what the word of God is saying. Listen, we don't have much time and I, I don't have so much energy and I don't need to be spending my God-given energy trying to be somebody that I'm not. Number seven, you cause others to stumble because you send a mixed message, especially to your family and the church. You send a mixed message you, it is, and Satan is the author of confusion. So you cause people to stumble. Hypocrisy causes your child to stumble, your husband, your father. Somebody lost a co-worker to stumble, a neighbor to stumble. You have to be a Christian wherever you go, letting your light shine for Jesus. Number eight, about decision-making. The higher your position, the greater your challenges and difficulties in decision-making. Did you get that? Now, that's a big one. The higher your position, the greater your challenges and difficulties in decision-making. Let's look, if you have a Bible, turn to 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 through 28. 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 through 28. We're going to see some baby mama drama. You know, everything's in the Bible. Y'all see this stuff on television? Nothing new under the sun. It's all in the Bible. Watch this baby mama drama. It's some big baby, big time baby mama, baby mama drama. Just drama. Uh, look at 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 16 through 28. Sometimes later, two prostitutes came to the king to have an an argument settled. Please, my Lord, one of them began, this woman and I live in the same house and I gave birth to a baby while she was with me in the house. Three days later, this woman also had a baby. Can you see him before the the king? We were alone. Uh, There were only two of us in the house, king, but her baby died during the night when she rolled over on it and she got up in the night and took my son from beside me while I was asleep. Now she sure saw a lot to be asleep. (laughs) She laid her dead child in my arms and took mine to sleep beside her. Verse 21. And in the morning light, when I tried to nurse my son, he was dead. But when I looked more closely in the morning light, I saw it wasn't my son at all. Then the other woman disputed, it certainly was your son and the living child is mine. No, the first woman said, going back, it's mine. No, that, no, the living is mine. No, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine, it's mine. The living child is mine and the dead child is yours. And so they argued back and forth, back and forth, back and forth before the king. I can see King Solomon shaking his head. I can see why he asked God for wisdom. Verse 23, then the king said, let's get the facts straight. Both of you claim the living child is yours. And each says that the dead one belongs to the other. All right. Underline this. Bring me a sword. Tell you, kings don't play. These prime ministers and presidents and all these other folks, they play. But the kings don't play. Bring me a sword. So a sword was brought to the king. You know, he wasn't going, that sword wasn't just say, oh, it wasn't just to say, oh, this is a cute sword. 
No, he, he, he had a purpose for saying, bring me a sword. So a sword was brought to the king. Then he said, cut the living child in two and give half to one woman and half to the other. Then the woman who was the real mother of the living child and who loved him very much cried out, oh no, my Lord, give her the child. Please don't kill him. But the other woman said, all right, he will be neither yours nor mine. Divide him, king, between us. Then the king said, do not kill the child, but give him to the woman who wants him to live, for she is his mother. When all Israel heard the king's decision, the people were in awe of the king for they saw the wisdom God had given him for rendering justice. Wasn't that a passage? And look how God used Solomon in that wisdom in governing that particular baby mama drama. Beloved, the higher your position, the more wisdom is needed for challenges and difficulties in decision making. We lose when we say we belong to God, yet do not do the things He says. When we surrender our lives, we are saying that we willingly live in total submission to Him. Jesus willingly suffered and died for us, thereby paying for our salvation in full. We must stand on the promises of God no matter what the cost, because in the end, we will inherit eternal life free of charge. The price has been paid in full. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas or call us at 210-821-5683.